Hi, welcome to Death and Desserts, where we discuss the dark, disturbing, and beautiful elements of death while eating dessert. I'm Zarya. And I'm Sana. And today we are talking about the Grim Reaper. Yes. And today's dessert is key lime pie from the Lunchbox Cafe in downtown Canton. If you would like to see what we're eating, check out our Instagram at Death and Desserts Podcast, where we will also tag the cafe, even though they don't have an Instagram yet, and but we will also tag them on Facebook. So I have a tiny story to tell about this key lime pie. First of all, are you aware that key lime pie is my favorite thing in the universe? I know! I wasn't aware. <gasps> see, that's even more exciting that this was so... Perfectly aligned because I was on my way to your house and I was like, I don't know what I want for dessert. I don't even know where I want to go. I thought about Black Bear Cafe and I was like, mm, it, that felt too heavy. So I was going to stop at Paper Town Coffee. I like them and I love their baked goods. They remind me of Four Sisters. And on my way there, when I got there, all the parking was like really tight and it was like parallel parking and my anxiety. We don't do that. No, my anxiety was like, this isn't happening. So I went to that little parking lot down the hill and I even took a picture of part of the mural because I, I like the moon. And when I got out of my car, I turned around and there's a new place called the Lunchbox Cafe. I didn't know it was there. I have I no idea how long they've been open. But I was like, okay, I'll go look. You know, just let spirit guide me. <laughs> and, or spirit being my anxiety. And then I went across the street and their little menu board said homemade key lime pie. And I was like, fuck yeah. Like key lime pie has nothing to do with the Grim Reaper. No. But I was like, oh yeah, we're doing this. And I went in and I was like, hey, I have a podcast and I'm going to eat your key lime pie on the podcast. And... So they're really excited, and they also said in a few months they're adding a bakery next door to their cafe, because they used to work for Whitman's Bakery. I don't know if you remember that. I remember them. So I'm super excited for that. I wish them the best. It seems like we don't keep businesses long in this town, but sometimes... Really, though. I mean, if everybody eats their key lime pie, they should be good, because this is fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I'll go every day, and I'll single-handedly keep them in business. Mm -hmm. It'll be fine. The very first bite I took of this, my mouth flooded mm. with juices because it's so tart and so, so, so good. This is really good. I consider myself a connoisseur, and, you know, I'm very picky about key lime pie just because it is my favorite dessert. This is amazing. I've only ever had grocery store key lime pie so this is a real treat for me like it's amazing and it's also why i used all the hemingway books for the <laughs> photo because key yeah. west key lime pie hemingway yeah okay i don't know if i'm gonna be able to talk with all the drooling i'm doing so i was scrolling around facebook the other day and we all know about the controversy with little mermaid and how they cast a black girl as ariel which i mean she sings well so i really don't see the problem and some people are, like, saying that it's, like, a manufactured scandal that nobody actually cares. And I'm like, have you read the comments? Yeah, no. <laughs> I saw a person in the thread saying, oh, this is not real. Nobody's complaining about this. That's not true. If you look, you will find it. It is there. And a lot of people are saying because Ariel was Danish. <laughs> First of all, no. No. Uh, because Hans was Danish doesn't necessarily mean she was. Right. I mean, is Ariel even a Danish name? Do we know? 
But she's a fictional fish in the water, so she can be purple. It doesn't matter. Mm. And, you know, there's mermaids in folklore all around the world. Right. (sighs) But anyway. We digress. Someone mentioned, and I saw that you mentioned it too, pointing out, you know, if somebody is getting bitchy about how Ariel is Danish or whatever, to just look that person dead in the eye and tell them that Hans Christian Andersen was gay. (laughs) And I love that. Because most people, if they have a problem with black people, they also have a problem with gay people. Right. Also, when I pointed that out, some other people popped up and were like, well, that's not accurate, blah, blah, blah. No, fuck it isn't. And I was like, okay, maybe, well, let's not bi-race him. He could be bisexual, mm. but he's not straight. Anyway. Right. Okay, he's queer as fuck. Right. How about that? Let's, let's he's go. He's family. Mm. Shut the fuck up and let us have whatever mermaid we want. But I found this amazing thread talking about how bananas this man was. And it pertains to death trivia as well. It will Um, connect. It does connect. Follow us. So, I am going to play the part of T-Berry Blue from Twitter. T-Berry Blue. Seeing we are getting the Hans Christian Andersen wrote The Little Mermaid as a lament of how he couldn't love freely because he was queer stories again... And friends, this is a very romanticized take on of the fact that Anderson was a disaster by trash fire. I love that. I relate so hard. Identify <laughs> disaster by trash fire. So follow why I'm into it. This thread is great, but it is not even the weirdest shit Anderson did. The weirdest shit he did was probably actually the circumstances around him writing The Little Mermaid. So it's important to know that Anderson was what we would probably call bi or pan. I could totally see pan. Mm -hmm. Now, but more importantly, that Anderson had crushes on basically everyone he met and had a lot of feelings and almost always took it badly when those feelings weren't returned. Again, can relate. (laughs) Like, Anderson pretty much consistently considered himself at the center of a tragic romance. I love that it's capitalized, tragic romance. But the person he was tragically being forced apart from changed constantly. Was he a Pisces? <laughs> that is such Pisces energy. I'm going to have to look that up. He was kind of like a fuck boy, but instead of fucking everybody, he would lurk in the doorway. <laughs> this hurts so much because it's so me when I was like younger but instead of fucking everybody he would lurk in the doorway staring longingly at everybody and then make way over the top romantic gestures at everyone when everyone thought they were casual acquaintances at best i have done this (laughs) me too oh this yeah this is kind of excruciating Also, side note, there was a whole uh, article about how he probably died a virgin, so at least... Oh, no! Yeah. Anyway, back to the... Oh, that hurts my heart even more. <laughs> so anyway, one of these crushes was a guy named Edward Collin, who happened to be the son of Anderson's patron in Copenhagen when Anderson first moved there as a teenager. So firstly, important to note, they grew up in the same house for a period. Colin was straight and also kind of oblivious and very confused that his friend, who also happened to live with his family, kept sneaking into his room and leaving roses under his pillow. Oh my god. (laughs) I swear I am this man reincarnated. (laughs) Oh my god. And now I'm going to do that to my husband. 
because he usually has to sleep in the living room because the baby's in bed with me and he takes up so much fucking room. Anyway, Anderson was convinced that they were madly in love and society was keeping them apart and Colin, who was convinced that Anderson was a perfectly nice friend <laughs> who just had some really weird ways of showing affection, went about his living his life and eventually got engaged. So Anderson decided the obvious course of action was to write to Colin's fiance and try to convince her to end things. Colin found out and was very upset and hurt and confused that his friend was trying to break up his engagement. Colin wrote a letter to Anderson. You can find all these letters online, which I would love to do. We, we gotta find a link. And was like, hey, I'm really hurt. I've always regarded you as a friend. Why are you doing this? And Anderson wrote back basically, how could you say this? What do you mean for friend? <laughs> Anderson went on a rant because Colin called him worthy in his letter, and Anderson decided this was a passive-aggressive insult. Sweet little cherub. Anyway, Colin married his fiancée, and Anderson responded by writing The Little Mermaid and mailing it to him. <laughs> like, The Little Mermaid isn't just Anderson writing a story inspired by his feelings about being outside society due to queerness. It's the tantrum he threw at his friend for not liking him back where he implies his friend symbolically killed him at the end. I feel that this gets overlooked so often in explaining the context of the story like, yes, it is Anderson working out his feelings about the object of his affection not being returned and feeling like an outsider for loving a man, but it was also for making that man feel bad. Other shit I have pulled. <laughs> Absolutely. I have done, especially writing things to make some, oh my God, this is horrifying. <laughs> anyway, Anderson went on to have many other crushes that all went very badly and tantrumed at many more people for not responding the way he wanted to his advances and actually had some successful relationships too, one with Grand Duke Carl Alexander, so it wasn't all bad. That gives me hope that he didn't die a virgin. I mean, I hope he died knowing love. Which, you know, sex doesn't equate love, but you know what I mean. The irony is that a lot of historians disagree on which people he actually did have relationships with because Anderson was so bad at reading other people's intentions toward him that his diaries are totally unreliable. Yep, feel that too. This is why I don't have diaries. Like, I didn't want to leave written proof of my mental shenanigans. Well, in this case, though, Colin also had a biography, and I think he talked all about this too i think he did from so, his own perspective oh <sighs> feels i don't want to know if anybody that i've had a crush on <laughs> and did crazy things towards wrote any biographies or anything. like i don't want to know i don't want to know and now with social thought. media i mean that stuff oh permanent. my god you need to make it go viral at least anderson didn't have that going for him glad i got that shit under control before social media mostly <laughs> Like, Eric Schweig would disagree. But he was also probably ace to some degree, also debated, but that's a whole other thread. Eve Forster said, I looked it up to verify a claim earlier this week, and who boy. Yeah, the fact that the letters are publicly available, and Colin talks about it in his memoir, it's like, well, I guess he made some choices. <laughs> 
Nikolai Hansen said, yeah, I just want to say that the Danes, including me, live for threads like this. And then Ronnie says, if I remember, he also had a specific taste. He liked his men young and his women mature. So he was a bi pen milf tw- twink hunting hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> I, I may be wrong, though, as there's many stories about him, as there are facts, a trash fire indeed. And then Chief Kindness said, but what about the prima ballerina he was in unrequited love with? that he wrote the red shoes for. She was young. I think he went for all different types and was just a general train wreck of crushes. Well, at least a lot of good art came out of it, poor fellow. And then, finally, this is where our death trivia yep, comes Thank in. you for following us to this point. Emily Murdoch says, What's truly wild is that Anderson is buried not only with Collins, but with Collins's wife. The three of them share a grave, and the headstone only mentions Anderson. Wild. To which somebody else responded, what order did they die? Did Anderson force himself between the couple's graves? <laughs> and then Emily says, my historical specialism is not in this area, I will admit. So I encourage everyone to do their due diligence. But then she shared a link to what is on the Wikipedia. Mm-hmm, you don't we'll share a link that. with that. Yeah. In the show notes. And then T. Berry Blue goes on to say, Anderson died a little over 10 years before Edward and Henriette. By that point, they had repaired their friendship and Anderson was friends with Henriette as well. Anderson was basically an honorary member of the Collin family due to Jonas Collins' mentorship. Henriette actually died last almost 20 years after Anderson and almost 10 years after Colin. So she was aware of the arrangement and apparently okay with her husband being buried with Anderson. Okay, so Hans died first. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. and then... And then they got in with him. Mm, I don't think anybody cares enough about me to be buried with me. I mean, I would, but I'm not gonna be buried. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I'm, I wish... I hope that he knows that they're all snuggling up underneath the ground. <laughs> but not That's under the That's literally sea. all he... <laughs> That was great. <laughs> oh my god. Oh god, it and still it just goes, goes on. on. You know. We got to the death trivia. Yeah, we got to the death trivia. And because it does, it gets bananas after that. The whole Dickens thing. Yeah, whew, we're just going to not worry about all that because we got shit to talk about. So what are we talking about today, Sonia? Oh, we are talking about the Grim Reaper. Of course, because men, the Grim Reaper death is often gendered as male. So sometimes I'll say he, sometimes I'll say it because I tried to get away from that. That's an interesting thing. I've I've never thought of that before, but I've always said he. I mean, it's a skeleton. There is no genitalia right. whatsoever. And there's nothing indicating that death is gendered at all, first of all. Well, but, but gender is in your head, not in your organs. So it's possible. True. But you'd have to ask death. (laughs) Right, exactly. What are death's pronouns? We don't know. Okay, so the Grim Reaper is a personification of death. The imagery started in the 14th century. Like, I totally thought way older than that, actually. um, Yeah, what would you... But yeah, just the 1300s. Likely because Europe was dealing with the plague. Mm -hmm. And so it starts the skeleton... Because that's what human bodies decompose into. The first artistic depictions of death or the Grim Reaper was just a naked skeleton with a weapon. 
Mm. Most often aside. The black robes came later, symbolizing the clergymen that would perform last rites on bodies and stuff like that. It's also supposed that the black robes were because it hides in shadows. Mm. Maybe. When death was depicted in earlier medieval art and not mowing people down unmasked, you know, just killing individually, often depicted with a dart or a crossbow. But when the plague hit and people were just dying like crazy, it was more like how when a peasant or a farmer is harvesting and they're reaping mm-hmm. and it's like many cutting many farms. sheaves of wheat in one fell swoop. So the scythe made sense because death was just hacking them down. <laughs> And so that's where the scythe came from. Also, death is often depicted with an hourglass. And that is because it's possible that the concepts of Kronos and Kronos were mixed together. So basically the Titan Kronos, you know, the god of time and the father of all the gods and stuff like that was mixed with Cronus, who is a god of the fields. Hmm. So they put them together and you get the scythe and the hourglass. Um, so that is a possible origin. Originally, death was just, you know, either called death or called Grimm or the Grimm, which just makes me think of, what is that professor from Harry Potter? She's like, the Grimm! Every time in your, in teacups and stuff. Anyway. <laughs> so, originally called Grimm or the Grimm, which came from the old English word Grima or Grima, which means specter or apparition. Despite the scythe being added in the 14th century, Grimm and Reaper weren't used together until 1847 when The Circle of Life, a book published in German, was translated into English by Reverend Robert Menzies. This is the first known appearance of the name Grim Reaper. So I shall read you the text. This is on page 11 of the Circle of Life. There are many who suppose that a clear and certain foreknowledge of the day of their death would exert a very powerful influence upon their mind. In this opinion, however, there must be some deception. All know full well that life cannot last above 70 or at the most 80 years. If we reach that term without meeting the grim reaper with his scythe, there or thereabout, meet him we surely will. Death being thus the most certain of all certain events, why not begin at once the work of preparation for it? Facts. Yeah, I mean, yeah, first of all, very true, (laughs) I agree, but also that was the first time anybody said Grim Reaper in print. Like, they may have been saying it, but there's, it doesn't appear in journals or diaries or anything that we have found. In the original text, the German word is Sensenmann, which literally translates to Scythe Man. I like it. I like it too. I feel like Rammstein should have a song about that. If they, they don't mind. I'm, I'm going to have to <laughs> make sure because, gosh, I love Rammstein. <laughs> okay, so uh, this is where people diverge a little bit on their philosophies. The Grim Reaper is considered a psychopomp, 
we've talked about that before. A being that escorts the newly dead across the boundary to the afterlife. However, most stories and depictions take this a step further, and it's actually the Grim Reaper's bony hands that kills with a touch. In these particular depictions, a dying person has a chance to bargain or trick death out of its prize. My personal favorite example of bargaining with death is when Bill and Ted play board games with the Grim Reaper and he consistently loses. I was um, going to bring up Bill and Ted because there was, I was going to ask you what your favorite portrayal was. I don't actually have a favorite portrayal because I love every portrayal that I've seen. But William Sadler in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey was freaking hilarious. And he also came back and reprised his role in Bill and Ted Face the Music, mm -hmm. which was perfection to me. Like, okay, maybe I do have a favorite. It might be <laughs> Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Um, so, yeah, they, they play a bunch of board games, and he keeps losing, and he, like, I mean, Monopoly, chess, all of it, like, and he gets mad and lets them go. However, very often the depiction is that the Grim Reaper is only there to do a job and has no control over who lives and dies. I have another modern example of this with a show called Dead Like Me. Have you seen it? I started it on your recommendation. I didn't finish it, but I know... At least. It's adorable. I love that show. I'm going to describe it just a little bit. Georgia dies and becomes a Reaper. And there are several Reapers. And she joins the External Influences Division. Which, accidents, murder, stuff like that. And they are assigned the jobs with post-it notes. So they don't ever see who's giving them the direction. They just take the mm -mm. post-its. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, Rube, the, the like manager, <laughs> he gets the information and he writes it down on the post-it notes, but he also never sees, like, it just comes in an envelope under his door. So he writes down the post-it notes and it's a location, an estimated time, and the first two initials and last name of the person that's going to die. So they like have to go to wherever and guess who's about to die and pop the soul out of their body before the piano falls on them. <laughs> and then shenanigans ensue. I love that show. I think we talked about the show before because when I was taking my little trip into writing my romance novel involving death and... Mm you were giving me some ideas and I was going to use that to make sure. I don't know. I was going to use it to brainstorm. I probably wanted you to see Mason mm -hmm. specifically because he's just an adorable British boy that is just so hapless and dumb. And yeah, I, I loved Mason. He was one of the Reapers. Okay. So yeah, that's another depiction. So they don't have a choice. And when they did try to, oh, you know, I'll give this one a pass. Apparently, the souls of the people that are there beyond their expiration date um, sort of, like, rot, and they become awful people and very, like, depressed, I guess. I don't know. They didn't go into specifics, but, yeah, so they're not allowed to mess with that. They just have to do their job. That's how it's... Uh, it's almost like... How, that's how it's depicted in a lot of films that deal with death, even if they aren't like a personified version of it, like in Final Destination, you know? Like right. not a physical Grim Reaper, but you can't escape it. Right. I mean, 
don't they all eventually get got? Like, I mean, it takes like six movies or something like that. But yeah. I'm pretty sure they're all dead now. I don't remember. Was there a remake? Uh, there's so many of them. <laughs> there's so many. But so many. <clears throat> I like that because it's it's kind of true. It may not be like it is portrayed in film, but none of us are escaping. Right. And I I personally agree with the, the psychopomp aspect more because, you know, the bony hand that reaches out to take your life. Mm, I mean, it's the bullet in your brain that takes your life. It's the, the cancer that's eating you alive that kills you. Death is just there. To walk you. Yeah. Eh, I get that. And it does happen to us all. So, yeah, there's... You know, many stories, many depictions. We'd be here forever and a day <laughs> if we went through them all. But I did just mention my favorites. So, Dead Like Me. And, and you know, there's Death and Supernatural, who was one of the four horsemen. That seems less Grim Reaper-y to me and mm-hmm. just Death. You know, Grim Reaper is a very specific skeleton hood scythe. You know, and Death in... Supernatural is some guy in a three-piece suit with a ring and... He's definitely a a death personification, but he's not the Grim Reaper. Exactly. In fact, I think his underlings were called Reapers. Okay. So, it's not quite the same. My favorite depiction is not in film because you know I don't watch TV or movies, but is in the Sims game franchise where you can... (laughs) make friends and you can like trap him delete the door and like hang out and eat cereal and there was a very dark time in my life when i was just making friends with death on sims games and was like oh he's my friend i had no idea i've never played sims so i didn't know that was a thing that is delightful it is delightful uh in game one time my husband's sim like was just reading the paper with him and eating breakfast and I was like fuck yes that's what I want that's so funny it's very cute oh my god I wonder if anybody else is also friends with the Grim Reaper on Sims let I'm us sure. know well you wouldn't write it into the game if you couldn't do it you know I'm not right. the only weirdo I mean is that really weird I guess I don't think it's weird <laughs> I don't think it's weird either I think it's awesome okay uh, to this day people still claim to see the actual Grim Reaper Soldiers at Camp Lejeune here in North Carolina have actually seen it in the barracks. Mm. Not always at the foot of their bed, but like just in the room. The story I was reading wasn't specific as to whether somebody died or not. Because like there are some ideas that death just symbolizes a change. And it's like, no, no, no. The Grim Reaper means someone is dead. (laughs) or going to die like it's not like the death tarot card that's a completely different right thing so if you but so what if you see him in a dream if you see the grim reaper in a dream that is different because it's a dream the three most common ways to dream about the grim reaper if it's just there in your dream, it's a sign that negative people or energy are in your life that are causing you to lose focus and you need to sever those ties. The second, if you speak with the Grim Reaper, it means you have serious anxieties about how your future is going to turn out. Grim is there to tell you to focus on things that you 
can have an effect on and change and to let go of trying to control things that are out of your hands. And then the third most common being spared by death, either by bargaining or besting him in a game in your dream means that you have overcome your obstacles or at least specific obstacles that were recently in your life and things are about to change. You're at the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. It, it's saying, you did it. Now, you know, you can breathe. Mm-hmm. Like, take a breather. You got this. So that's what dreaming about death means. Okay, it was a rancor article. So, like, <laughs> take that with a big grain of salt. Like, But, um, yeah, there was the the soldiers and, you know, people in hospitals will see Grim Reaper's supposedly one of the stories in the article was a woman and her roomie in the hospital was yelling at someone no you can't take me I won't go I won't go and so that woman was seeing something the woman telling the story wasn't claiming that she saw anything she was just witnessing her roommate yelling at something there was one really creepy story about a kid his mom was a cocker spaniel breeder and one of the dogs had puppies and he was allowed to sleep with the puppies that night that they were born and he saw a black form with burning eyes or whatever come in and take the souls of three of the puppies and then the child hid under the bed or under his blanket or something like that and then the next morning three of the puppies were dead and like kids scarred for life and i was like i fucking bet like mm -mm, mm." first of all don't let your children be with brand new newborn puppies and adopt don't shop yeah for real i don't know that one doesn't creep me out that that one I, i don't know and there were a bunch on the list that were talking about the grim reaper being really into feet and first of all if the grim reaper is tickling your feet you're going to die Like, if you're still alive to tell the story, that wasn't a Grim Reaper. I don't know what the fuck was tickling your feet, but that wasn't death. Are there other specters that are... Demons? Sure. Demons? Ghosts? Foot fetish? Demons? I could absolutely see demons being into foot fetish. I mean, come on. (laughs) It just makes perfect sense to me. Like, they probably all have foot fetishes. (laughs) That's hilarious to me. (laughs) Really, though. I mean, death isn't touching you because if it was you'd be dead (laughs) but that did kind of freak me out a little because when you see ghosts and like full body apparitions they're almost never full body they always sort of fade when you get to the legs and i wonder if that's because you know the the reaper is sweeping the leg and like taking you out at the knees i don't know maybe that makes me remember that when i was a child i remember a nightmare i had where something was trapping and or cutting off my feet. Gah! And I was like five, six, and I still remember it to this day. But I woke up and my feet were stuck in the banister at the bottom, you know, at the, right. the footboard. But like, now I'm like, what if you just escaped? <laughs> Maybe you, just you escaped? escaped a foot fetish demon. Yeah, a foot fetish demon was on my tail and here I was. I mean, maybe. So this is just our first personification of death slash psychopomp that we are going to be dealing with. I still want to do 
La Santa Morta, Banshees, stuff like that. But a lot of the articles I was reading were like throwing them all together. And I'm sorry, but Banshees and Grim Reapers are not the same thing. Like just because they may have popped up in art around the same time. They're they're, not the same. They're not the same. different. Different. And I d- didn't even have time to look into psychopomps and death icons from like Asian countries and Africa. And you know, they're some wild shit. So I would like if we can stretch out into a whole episode, do an episode for each one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll, we'll definitely be talking about Lady Death and especially since we just did the Aztec gods and cause that's how we got here. Like... It was on my brain. But I just had to do the Grim Reaper first because we're all so familiar. So I hope you guys learned something new about the Grim Reaper. And announcement. We are taking a field trip in November. And we are going to go hang out with my sister and walk around Asheville. And she's going to tell us about all the haunted places. Well, not all the haunted places, but the ones we can walk to. (laughs) I think... She's going to take us to Helen's Bridge, too. Like, you can't walk to any of the other ones from there. But, um... We'll yeah, talk. you mentioned your sister was a big Helen's Bridge Yeah, like, she, she made friends with Helen. And I think she's the only person in Asheville that has. <laughs> so, look for that in November. Credits. Art. By Zaria. Always. Research was actually mostly me this time. Zaria has been through it this week. <laughs> If I could edit. I know I say that every fucking time, but I really fucking mean it. Like, I'm just too dumb. <laughs> so I'll let you edit. And our theme song is from Kevin McLeod. As always, you can find us at Instagram at Death and Desserts Podcast, Twitter at Death underscore Desserts, TikTok at Death and Desserts, and Facebook at Death and Desserts Podcast. All our links, including our website, are available in our Instagram bio. Please, 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 if you liked what you've heard today, give us a review and a rating. Tell all your friends we're desperate for listeners and attention. Please, I need attention. Don't make us Hans Christian Andersen you and... and... Oh, I will. (laughs) Do you want me to get HCA crazy on you? I'll do it. Don't even... (laughs) Do not underestimate my crazy. All right. um, Join us in two weeks when we will be discussing... Samhain. Samhain. Yeah, Samhain's coming up. We have 40 days as of this recording left before Halloween. So, bad. I gotta find a costume. And remember, life is short. Have dessert. <laughs>